Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. And on this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke, and Kevin Bender are engaging in a conversation about Daniel chapter 6, a popular story, Daniel and the Lion's Den. Our conversation goes all over the place, though, from just talking about Daniel and this, this familiar story to the illusions between Daniel and Jesus. Uh, but also we have a, uh, quite a conversation about the realities of heaven and, and hell. And so we think that this uh, conversation will be really helpful to you in unpacking the story of Daniel in the lion's den. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, buddy. Hi, Kevin. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. My, uh, I'm kind of matchy with my mug and my shirt. Oh. Yeah. Feeling... Black goes with everything, right? It does. It does. Well, Kevin, winter has come to the UP of Michigan, has it not? I believe it has, yeah. Based on the amount of times I had to snow blow. Yeah. I actually, my snowblower ran out of gas. That happens if you... Don't fill it. If you don't fill it. (laughs) Congratulations. Yeah, it was kind of a cool feeling. I was like, man, I guess I'm using this thing. Yeah. The good part was that I, it's not like I was like, oh man, I've been using this so much, I really should fill it with gas. It's been so enjoyable using it you know so fun that i don't even realize i'm using it i know isn't that (laughs) isn't it just a great like feeling that you have to like work before you can even go to work Mm. don't you like by the time you get to work you're like i've already accomplished so much i know yeah yeah that's why they say you should make your bed because if you do that then you've already you set yourself up for success yeah but i've always viewed bed making kind of like taking your shoes off and then tying the laces. Yeah. Why am I doing I don't know. I don't make it. the bed. Yeah, exactly. Neither do I. Because I, rolled, I got out of bed early enough, Kevin, that I had time to drink my coffee, do my devotions, exercise, snow blow, mm. and make breakfast for the family before mm. they were awake. Oh, my so, goodness. Like, I mean, what more do I have to accomplish today? Good point. You know? You sound like a man of, uh, formed by deep habits. I could I could be a man formed of deep habits. Would you, would you recommend that kind of a life? I don't know. I have like a love hate relationship with with habits. Mm. I mean, or like like I like my structures. Yeah. But I also really like messing with my own structures. Okay. I like to have the flexibility to tell myself I don't have to do this. I am choosing to do this. Yeah, sure, sure. I can quit any time. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's nobody's telling me to do this. Like I, I made the decision and I'm able to accomplish yeah, yeah. this. Well, it's good. So I like that self satisfaction. Actually to have that's probably valuable because then you realize that you are choosing to do those things because of the value you see in them. Boom. You know what I mean? It's not just like I'm a slave to the system. It's like There you go. Yeah, this plays out. Well, the reason... Uh, well, not the I can reason. feel you. I can feel you trying to transition this conversation. <laughs> but let's talk more about me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, uh, well, I felt like you set up the transition well, talking about your, your habit-formed life, because there was a line in our reading from this past Sunday. So okay. this past Sunday, we're in Daniel 6. Yeah. Been moving through Daniel. You preached. Yep. You set us up very nicely. Uh, for Daniel in the Lion's Den. Yeah. This very popular story that a lot of us have maybe heard. Um, but in the text, just one line that stuck out to me uh, in the video, you know, and I don't know that this was, I mean, I wouldn't say this was necessarily a, a focal point of the sermon, but 
it says Daniel. Well, okay, I don't know if we need to reset up what's going on in chapter six. Mm. Here, flat. Here's flash in the pan. Uh, Daniel's a good dude. He's working well. There's some people trying to take him down. They make a law where he can't pray. He prays anyway. There you go. But when he prays, yeah. it's not like he's doing this to terrorize the system. Right. You know, it's not like he's like, they made a law against praying. Well, now I'm going to go out in the street and pray. Yeah. And prove a point right. to this country. Right. No, it just says like he had always done or like he had previously done. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I got it right here. Sure Verse 10, it says, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. It's so simple. Yeah. So like no change of behavior here because right. of this document. Right. It just, it was a habit. Right. Yeah. I, I love that, you know, and I, I think that... Um, you know, Daniel even mirrors in that, like, when Jesus talks about uh, prayer, mm. you know, uh, he doesn't, he says, don't be like the hypocrites uh, standing on the street corners. Instead, uh, go in, in secret and, and, and talk to your father in the, in, you know, quietly in your room. Mm. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, that, in, in a way, that's, Daniel's doing that, right? And that's what, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and I think they're, there's value in that and there's power in that. Uh-huh. But even even that secret prayer, even I mean, he's not trying to cause a scene. <laughs> right. And it's still it's still noticeable. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously these guys that are trying to take him down are wondering where how does he get this this character? There's nothing wrong. Like he's not flawed or anything. Like yeah. it's got that's gotta be it. It's gotta be because he's praying all the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh so they try to attack him right at the right at that core foundation, and and it doesn't matter. Is this, you know, by this point? I mean, um, thank you. Yes. I mean, he's a, he's an older man, mm-hmm. but it's not just Daniel did the same thing right away as a young teenager. That's right. Stood up. I mean, he he prayed. You know, he asked for prayers of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So mm-hmm. even as a young teen, I think he had the great foundation and but but now i can only imagine as an older man that's been through different kings and all these different all, all this stuff and seen god you know be faithful i'm sure by this point he's like i well, i don't have anything to lose like, sure some of that wisdom that comes with age and seeing the shiftiness of the world but like still seeing the constant through it right yeah, right uh yeah not really worried about it. Right. Yeah. You know, I hadn't thought about um, connecting it to Shadmach, Meshach, and Abednego and him bringing them into prayer. But oh. it, it struck me just now, like, we don't necessarily get people's personal habits. Like, a lot of times in the Bible, these stories, they're like these kind of like big moments, it mm. seems like, when you're yeah. reading them, you know? Peter walking on the water or uh, the feeding of the 5,000. You know, it's like, these big climactic moments. Right. And with Daniel too, right? We've been tracking with him for all these years of his life. Right. And, and so you got the other statue and these big moments. But you don't always get the peel back behind the scenes like right. this was just what he did. Every day. Three, three times, times a, a day. day. He just went to his room, prayed. Yeah. 
and said he faced uh, had a window facing to Jerusalem. Oh yeah, that's right. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, like you talk about going in your room and and just kind of it's, it's this space between you and your father, right? Mm-hmm. Your heavenly father. But for them, for the people of Israel, the location of their God, right, mm. was in the temple yeah. in Jerusalem. And these guys are how many miles? I think you mentioned this in the sermon. Seven hundred yeah. miles away. Right. Yeah. So you, we also kind of feel behind. That's just like a very poignant, like hope, you know, moment. Mm. I feel like that after all these years. Right. But I guess he, you know, he had the word from Jeremiah too, right? Right. But also by this point, there is no. By this point, there is no temple in Jerusalem either. Like that's also uh, been destroyed. Right. Historically, so, I mean, he's he's still just facing to what what was, you know. But also, what's been promised to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the word from Isaiah, you know, is is still living. At, you know, this prophecy that that Isaiah wrote that they would actually return from mm-hmm. exile. You know, so you can imagine that those in exile are, are clinging to that word. Um, but yeah, actually, you know, historically, and I, I didn't bring this in, but um, uh, so so this um, chapter six, or, or frankly, the end of chapter five, mm-hmm. when Babylon falls, um, October 12th, 539 BC, um, it's, it's soon after that, that Cyrus, the Persian uh-huh. king, uh, actually issues an edict to send home Exiles, so um, uh, the Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian kingdom. The way that they tried to rule their empire was, you know, gathering, basically taking people from their homeland, doing this training program, trying to send them back, brainwash so that they could be representatives of Babylon back in those foreign lands. Uh, but but Cyrus the Persian uh, wanted to just send all those people back. And there's captives in in the Babylonian empire, not just from Jerusalem, but from all the lands that they've been conquering. Mm. Um, so Cyrus actually uh, send, basically sends them all back uh, and hope, hopes that, they're, that all those gods would favor him. Ah, so, sure. so basically I'm saying this, like, I don't know at what point in Darius's reign this happened. I actually didn't look at it, but it's, it's possible that exiles are actually already like, going back to Jerusalem. Huh. So you can go to um, the book of Ezra. Actually, Ezra chapter 1 begins with um, that return uh, back to Jerusalem and, and sets that whole stage about how, how all that stuff was happening. So, um, so you just think about all that, all that upheaval and, and maybe even Daniel by this point, maybe people are going back, you know, and he's still, he, he just stayed. So he didn't, he didn't. I think he could have gone mm-hmm. um, back, but he he stayed in exile. You know, he died in Babylon, or at least that's what we we think happened. So. Sure, yeah. man, that's a statement too. You know, of his life and his faith. You know, right. kind of uh, the trust and knowledge that he had of God being present with him as mm-hmm. well. That he didn't even necessarily feel the need or the call to go back. Right. Like, and I mean, God had used him a lot. Well, and that was that was kind of the intro, right, to chapter six. Uh, Darius comes in and he's like, "Hey, who's this?" This Daniel guy, you know, yeah. let me get this scoop on him. And he's like, well, he's pretty good. Right, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and um, not, all, not all the Israelites went back either. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you know the book of Esther, that's when Esther takes place after exiles have returned home. And Esther and Haman, her family, they just, they stayed in, in Babylon in the same, um, well, no, in Susa, sorry, a different place um, in, the, in the Persian Empire. But, uh, so, 
but God, you know, allows those things to happen to continue to protect his people and stuff too. So, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of cool history stuff if you like that sort of thing. So I don't know. Totally. Yeah. Well, now, Aaron, I want to come back to, so I'm going to come back into the sermon here. All right. Because there was uh, a line that's really stuck with me ever since your sermon. And I, you kind of used the language, I think, in a few different ways, but... Uh, there was a Mr. Rogers guy. Okay. Mr. Uh, who is it? McFeely? Mr. McFeely. Yeah. Mr. McFeely. Speedy delivery. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. McFeely. Mr. McFeely. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so you like Mr. Rogers? I did like Mr. Mc, Mr. 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 McRogers. Mr. Mc, dude, that guy was great. <laughs> yeah, you could buy his sandwiches at the at McDonald's. <laughs> Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Yeah, I watched that a lot. Mm. Um, yeah. So Mr. McFeely, the yeah, the speedy delivery. Uh, what what stuck with you when I said that? Like, yeah. What was memorable? Well, so um, that language of deliver, because that's very thematic in the Bible, I feel like, right? I mean, the people here are waiting for deliverance. Yeah. You think about the, the nation of Israel as a whole. I mean, maybe maybe that deliverance has already come, right? Yeah. Through this uh, uh, King Cyrus, um, who might be Darius, might be the same person. Um, but then, obviously, in this story, for Daniel individually, mm-hmm. like, he's looking for deliverance uh, from... You know, honestly, a pretty horrifying situation, mm. you know, to be thinking about being tossed into a den of lions, yeah. especially how <laughs> the story ends up for those who were trying to get Daniel, you know. I know. I mean, it's it's intense. I know, and I didn't, I, the, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but the, the end of the chapter where the judgment comes upon the people who, I mean... That's the part that gets left out of the children's Bibles, and mm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. I left it out of the sermon too. But they and their their wives and their children—they're right. all thrown into the pit, and the lions tear them apart before they even hit the ground or something like that. Yeah, which gives you the sense of what Daniel survived. Right, that the lions are that ravenous, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. but if you think of it, sometimes sometimes judgment. Is deliverance, you know? So the judgment of your oppressor, if you oh, are oppressed, yeah. uh-huh. the judgment of your oppressors is your deliverance. Yeah. Which, yeah, is hard, kind of hard to understand, like from a human, from a purely human level. Right, right. Well, especially from, um, like, an, uh, I would say, like, we're a maybe a little ethnocentric. And what I mean is, we are Americans. We've lived, born and lived in this country. We haven't experienced oppression in our lives from right. tyrannical forces, right? right? Yep. Uh, to a severe degree. Right. And had we lived in a nation where we are, you know, our villages were being slaughtered and right. pillaged, and you know, you're seeing loved ones ripped away from you, right. then I think we would resonate much more strongly with that idea of deliverance coming through judgment. Yeah. You know, judgment of of the forces of evil at work, right. essentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so deliver so so you know God delivers Daniel in this story. Um, but in the sermon, then you, you made this nice move to kind of the Christ mm. uh, Jesus, and God. Well, on the one hand, God um, delivering to you, mm-hmm. God will deliver to you, and then God will deliver you too. Yeah, uh, which I I like that as well. It's yeah. kind of like maybe almost two ways of thinking of the same thing, right? Yeah, like. Unpack that language for me a little bit. Yeah, so, um, so I think, I, yeah, so I use that phrase: God will deliver to you, mm-hmm. and God will deliver you too. So I think, I guess I was thinking of that almost like 
temporally and eternally. Like, uh. like today, God will deliver to me, right where I am, right stuck in my sin, right, right here. He's he he delivers his goods to me, mm-hmm. um, of forgiveness and life and peace and hope and joy. <laughs> you know, he just says, Aaron, here you go, right. This shows up at my door. I don't have to. I don't have to order it. Like I don't have to. I don't have to put my credit card information in. Uh, it just it just shows up. You know, God just gives it. He delivers that. It's. It, I guess it, you know. It's up to us to open that gift and do something with it. Sure. Uh, but He delivers to us, and then eternally, He will deliver us too. So, mm-hmm. um, we we will be delivered up out of this stuff into something better into the new creation to eternal life rescued from sin death and the devil like so so in yeah i guess i didn't use that that terminology like one is now and maybe one is later but yeah um yeah yeah no well that's why i'm glad you impacted here because yeah when i was thinking about it i didn't make the the larger broader uh the not yet we might Uh, say connection of deliverance in that on that eternal uh everlasting kind of scale i was thinking you know he will uh deliver to you and i'm thinking well he might deliver to me you know a a way to navigate some complication in a relationship and he'll deliver you too and it's like yeah and that'll be you know that relationship will be good then oh okay that was it i didn't take it to that okay that broader that's really cool to think that yeah like um it's sometimes sometimes we walk around with our faith i think reduced to only one or the other like sometimes we walk around thinking only, well, I just got to put up with this life and then finally I'll be delivered, you know? Mm. But no, God is on the move yeah. now. Like, and that, that delivery language is cool. And two things about him, like, I mean, he is literally active, going around, delivering, like you said, forgiveness, yeah. peace, hope to all sorts of people, right? Yeah. At the, you know, yeah. the times that they need it, yeah. um, you know, kind of that he has ordained. Um, so he's on the move now. Yeah. But don't also forget that. There's more than just now. You're right. you know, our life is, uh, it is an eternal uh, uh, timeline. Yeah. And that deliverance assured there too. Um, and then and then you made the move to Christ. Mm. So like what elements of this story, because you, you especially highlight, I think, the tomb mm-hmm. aspect and the stone kind of in front. Uh-huh. Do you see other Christological, you know, uh, pointing to Christ moments uh, in Daniel chapter 6 or in Daniel altogether? Yeah, um, well, I think. Well, yeah, it was. I think we we briefly talked about it even yesterday after church. But the um, there are, there's the the accusers, um, you know, the people stirring up the the falsehoods, you know, um, you know. I called <laughs> I called them Daniel's yeah Daniel's coworkers or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, the the people that that are making the accusate or making the trap to be able to you know get Daniel executed basically yeah he was he was in a sense innocent you know he didn't I mean he broke the law but they <laughs> set it up so that he would break it break the law you uh-huh. know but before is... that he was basically blameless you know I think it, it even says so sure <clears throat> yeah. so those guys to Daniel would be the, you know the Pharisees, the Jews, right? Who are we're also kind of looking for a loophole, if you will. Like, hey, it's the Sabbath day; you shouldn't be healing. Yeah, you all know? the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, in that sense, Jesus also wasn't, you know, blameless, right? In the same way that Daniel wasn't blameless. There you go. Right? I mean, Jesus yeah. was like, dude, I don't 
I don't care about this. You know, there's a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a whole Sabbath is not for Sabbath. Man is not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath for the yeah. man. Like, don't bend over backwards trying to keep a rule. Right. If by doing that, people rule, are dying. Right. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so you got people trying to take Daniel down. Yep. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I think I think there's that. I mean, I I made a connection on a couple of levels, so I don't know what else is missing. I gotta kind of lay it all out of what I did say. Hmm. Um, but I mean, there is the, you know, uh, Daniel. Uh, there's there's the lions in Daniel's life, like I mean, literal lions yeah. that don't scratch him or bite him. And I kind of said that connection that there are lions in Jesus' life, all those that are beating him and scratching him and scourging him yeah Yeah. all this that was a great line (laughs) i like that that language i forget all the language that i used but um scraped uh they they scratched him scourged him and saw to his execution they beat him bruised him and belittled him that's it yeah there you go yeah you like alliteration i do so do i (laughs) must have the same preaching teacher or something um uh, so so then so then they put him in a they they put Daniel in a den of certain death they mm-hmm. called it and and Jesus but they you know they sealed Daniel's up with a stone it seemed like death was inevitable Jesus he was dead they put the stone there mm-hmm. so that he couldn't escape or so that nobody could come and steal away his body you know they wanted to see to it that you know he actually was dead. Uh, obviously, they roll the stone away. The king comes to check on Daniel. Jesus' stone is rolled away. The women go to check on him. Um, they both exit alive, but Daniel never died. He just was was protected. Mm-hmm. Jesus actually died, and therefore defeated this certain death. And so it's his defeat of death that will be the thing that ultimately delivers us from death. from death. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all sorts of these connections. I think so. Left and right. And I, I mean, we're going to have to say something after this because I don't want to end on like a super dark note. But like those connections to Christ had me thinking of like kind of the larger narrative of Scripture. Like, you know, those other people end up in the den, mm. you know. Yeah. And I think there is some spiritual reality there too, right? Yeah. Like it's not just like, yeah, back in the day there was, uh, you know, these these oppressors got judged and that meant Daniel's deliverance, but like there's a reality for those who aren't going to be delivered out of death. Yeah. And what is that reality? You know, like rough, Yeah. you know, not a pretty picture. Right. Um, well, we don't like, we don't, I, I'm, I'm convinced that we don't like thinking about hell like that. Yeah. We don't, yeah. we don't, we don't like thinking about hell at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus actually talks about hell a lot, yeah. you know. Um, and I, I think that we need we need to understand the reality of of hell. What it what it we need to know what the alternative is mm. to not believing in Jesus, and to know that that actually is true. Right. And the only way out of that, the only deliverance out of that, is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that. Jesus followers don't have a hard time understanding that for themselves. I think what we have a hard time understanding with is um, how the people in our lives that don't believe in Jesus mm. could actually, you know, be eternally separated from God. Like, how could God 
allow that to actually happen. Right. You know, I think that that's a hard reality for us, and I've I've kind of been on that journey with a lot of people processing through that, and I think eventually you just have to get to the place of of acknowledging that, he, like, frankly, the beauty of heaven is 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 more is more beautiful when you actually know what the alternative is and sure. that there is an alternative like and that that's what makes the gospel mm-hmm. so beautiful that that we know that we don't that, like we deserve to be devoured by the lions and separated from god like mm-hmm. sure daniel might have been innocent <laughs> you know in in the eyes of his co or uh darius it, yeah but I, I know that I'm not innocent mm. in, the, in the sight of God. Like, I, I deserve eternal condemnation. Like, I will admit that, yeah. you know. So that's where the grace of God comes in and, and delivers us up out of that. Um, so I don't, I like, yeah, I don't know if, if those of you listening, if you've wrestled with that. I'm, I'm sure you probably have. Like, right. how could my... And, and a lot of times we... We don't have a hard time. I think we don't have a hard time for the real bad people, you know, right in the world going, well, yeah, they deserve it, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but for the people in our lives that we love who seem to be perfectly nice, good, caring, kind people, we're like, how, how's that possible? Right. You know, and those are, those are hard realities. Um, and we just, I think we have to admit that, like, that's, uh, you know. But not shy away from it either. I mean, in that sense of we can't, act like it's not a reality right Right. and and yeah and that should like the reality of of hell should motivate us to be people of um Mm. of of grace and compassion and and sharing the light and love of jesus christ not using hell as a scare tactic to scare the hell out of people (laughs) right right Uh but to um to to bring jesus to them totally i actually just had this conversation uh, with a guy that I'm, I'm discipling, this reality of, of hell. Um, and w- the kind of what we came to the conclusion of was, uh, it's hard for us to get to the place of um, understanding hell in terms of a place you go when you die. We don't like thinking about that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's easier for us to understand that that hell is also in some ways a reality in, in, in the world today. Yeah. You know? Yeah, people talk that way. Like, yeah. this is a living hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but also in the same way that heaven is a reality for us today. So in, in, in our relationship with Christ, heaven comes to meet earth, right? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so when we're in relationship with Christ, we actually, like, w- we live, it, it's, it's all that stuff he delivers. Yeah, you exactly. Know? It's the uh-huh. peace and the hope and the joy and the life and the forgiveness and light and love. And it's just, here you go. Yeah. I want to give you a better reality. Um, and apart from Christ, it, it, it is a it is oftentimes a, a living hell. Mm-hmm. Even if it seems on the surface that things are going well, mm-hmm. um, the, the, there's still a lot of confusion. And, and I think, I, I want to believe like th- there is that like feeling of being lost. Like there is mm-hmm. not really any hope, you know? Um, so, so it, it's, so for us, our motivation for bringing Christ to, Two people who will eternally be separated from him if they don't believe in him. Yeah, <clears throat> we can. I think we have an easier time to talk to them, not uh, not saying, "Hey, you know, when you die, you're going to hell and you're going to burn in a fire and you know, yeah, yeah." But right. actually, to to remind them, 
there's a better way to live today. Right now. Yeah. Right? This is, I, I see what you're going through and it seems like a living hell. And I don't, where are you finding any hope or peace in any of this? I want to tell you that, that there is the possibility for you to live in hope, even even today, yeah. you know, in Jesus. So, like, I, I think that that's a, a more practical application for us. And, yes. and, and true, that, that heaven and hell are also present-day realities, realities, not just this thing that, not, not some place that you go when you die. Right. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. And I think Jesus even talks that way. Like in the, the Gospel of John, he'll say uh, something to the effect of uh, those who cross over from death to life. Mm. And he's not talking about the end of their life. He's talking about like, now those who believe in me mm. have crossed over already. Yeah. Uh, or, or he'll say those who haven't believed in me stand condemned already. Like mm-hmm. right now, yeah. the present reality of you're apart from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have the hope, the peace. It's not... You're not receiving the delivery. Like, yeah. it's, it's right here. I'm ready to dole it out. Yeah. Um, and it also makes sense. You just got a box. You just got boxes of Amazon <laughs> just stacked outside your, your door. Your neighbors are getting concerned. They're like, man. Uh, <laughs> they move? Like, yeah. you, you, just, <laughs> you, just sho- you just shovel, you know, instead of snow, you shovel Amazon boxes out of the way, you know? like <laughs> Right, right. Or just says, blast over them. Yeah. That's what I do instead of snowblowing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and you know, it also makes sense, too, of that just one more uh, lion illusion, but uh, was it Peter who says, you know, the devil prowls around like a yeah. roaring lion, yeah. looking for someone to devour, yeah. and uh, you know that's not future, that's right now. So like, he's looking for people that he can take down, that he can inflict with, you know, brokenness in this life, and try and get them to think that there is no hope for restoration. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants them to kind of harden the heart and, mm-hmm. and just, uh, you know, push through and, and whatever, but. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. That's the easier hope probably for us to speak to is right now. Yeah, okay, yeah, my life's not perfect. And I'm not always walking around on the clouds. Yeah. Uh, but I have real hope yeah. and real peace. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the closer I, I, I walk with Jesus, the more, I, more often I walk with Jesus, if I'm praying to him three times a day like mm. Daniel man, the more I see him doing stuff mm. and actually repairing my relationships with people, uh, just helping me make better decisions for my own life so I'm not, you know, I can create my own hell, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. when you make bad decisions. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, well, speedy delivery. Yeah. Like, today. Yeah. yeah. Like, you have it today for you. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, man, thanks for that word. That was good. Yeah, you're welcome. Daniel you're welcome. and the lions then. Who knew all that was in there? I know, yeah. I... <laughs> I wasn't expecting for this conversation to go uh, as far as it did, but mm. um, I, I think I think that this suffices for today for this uh, uh, conversate podcast. Um, unless Kevin, mm. I think that we should end this by singing a song together. But to do that, we're gonna have to do a little. Uh,
he keeps on trying. He's no match for Jesus' power. Oh, them lions, they can eat my body, but they can't swallow my soul. No, no, no. They keep on trying to crash my party, but they can't get control. No, 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 no. saints assemble Satan runs at every sign of Jesus name oh baby all them lions they can't eat my body but they can't swallow my soul no 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 keep on trying to crash my party but they can't get control no 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 Looking up to heaven in the morning, looking in the scripture at night. Somebody sending me a warning, but I'll let Jesus make it right, oh baby. Oh, them lions, they can't eat my body, but they can't slinky swallow my soul. No, no, no. They keep on trying to crash my party, but they can't slinky take control. No, 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 no. Oh, them lions, they can't eat my body, but they can't swallow my soul. No, no, no. They keep on trying to crash my party, but they can't. Get control. No, 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 no.